Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is the third hour of Breakfast with Champions. I'm Barbara Majeski. I am an on-air television personality. I think most of you know me by now. I'm going to be doing this third hour with Brian Benstock, David Spizak, and Raylan Davis. My, and we have not come up with our, our name for this third hour. So we are going to be, if you guys want to DM us on Instagram and give us our thoughts, I threw out some names, and um, I hope we're going to cover that. But, guys, you want to say hello to everybody? Hello. Hello, hello. hello. <laughs> There's uh, Lolita. Hello. All right, so we're going to introduce ourselves because, you know, it's really kind of funny. Yesterday we did our, our Zoom call, and we're doing a trial run, and – Ben Stock start called Raylan Raymond and uh, instead of Raylan it was Raymond and I just got a really good laugh about it because I was like we are literally just coming out of the gates completely like totally new we're uh, you know but we have the best of intentions to share the grit and the grind behind all the things that we've accomplished but let's start from zero let's speak to our audience like with they're the we're talking to the newest person in our audience i want to start with brian introduce yourself and then we're gonna go with raylan and david and we're just gonna popcorn around introduce yourself brian brian benstock so listen now that you're saying <laughs> raylan is raymond uh, <laughs> Rayman, I can't get it out of my head. Rayman, Raymond, like I, I can't think. I keep thinking of Rayman, and that's a Raylan. With all due respect, okay, just forgive me for, uh, for for yesterday getting that wrong. Uh, Barb, it's great to be here with you, David and Raylan, uh, this morning. I think it's uh, an awesome opportunity for us. Uh, my hope and our hope is to take the motivation and inspiration that you get in the morning and turn that into action actionable steps that you can use today to make 2022 the very best year of your life. And I yield the mic. Thanks, Brian. And we do know that um, Raylan is a former MMA fighter, so we're going to work really hard on getting that name. Uh, metaphorically cool with that, but I'm not getting in the ring with this guy. No way. I mean, I'm not getting in the ring with this guy either. I'm going to be on your good side. Raylan, introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too funny. Hello, everyone. I I'm Raylan Davis, Rain Man, Ray, whatever you want to call me. But uh, I'm Raylan Davis. I work primarily with online business coaches. And uh, I think the main thing I'm really excited for with this topic, as we we're talking about yesterday, and kind of like what we all have in common, and, and Barbara said it right, like we have that grind. And I think there is that beautiful blend between hope and dreams, but also you have to put in the work. And I think all of us here are going to be able to bring that in. And Brian, it's absolutely okay that you didn't know who I was. You don't know my name. Perfectly fine because literally I didn't know who you were either. So it's mutual. It's mutual. What? What? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Well, you're I'm a body me. show. My man knows how to spar. My man knows Listen, how to spar. Shots fired. So Shots fired. Here's the thing. It's per like I get it because back in the day, like I am you 50 years ago. So I think that's why we have so many things. Another shot. Right? Shot. Wow, he just hit you again, folks. Brian. He just hit you again. He didn't say 60 years ago, though. He said 50 I gave years you ago. A so he gave you 10. Painful. Coming in hot, Raylan. Coming in hot. Shots fired. Um, And uh, David, introduce yourself. <laughs> hey, Barbara. How are you? Brian, Raylan, great to be with you. I'm smart enough to know. If I'm in the room with an MMA fighter, I'm going to go look up how to say your name because at some point we're going to be face to face. 
and I want to make sure I come out on the right side of things. I'm David Spizak. I'm coming to you from the West Coast. It is 6 a.m. here. Uh, as Brian likes to say, the land of riots and protests. Uh, I'm outside of uh, Oregon. I'm from San Francisco, California. Uh, I am nothing but pure hustle and pure grind uh, since I came on this earth 62 years ago. Barbara, as you like to say, none of us came from a damn thing. Uh, I certainly didn't, but uh, I came from, uh, uh, you know, an incredible mom uh, who's, thank God, is here to this day, uh, who's, who's navigated, helped me navigate this uh, crazy world. And, and uh, fortunately, through some phenomenal mentors uh, and having the wisdom to listen to them, keep my head down, fight hard, and uh, keep doing what you got to do. Grinding every day, I've been able to do some good things. And I, and I, in turn, like to turn around and do some great things for the world as well. So I'm just happy to be here. I'm, I'm so grateful to be uh, able to have met you, Barbara. And uh, Brian, I've been so fortunate to know for probably, I don't know, five or six years. And, um, and Brian, um, you know, like, like he said in the former hour, you know, every, every time you get together with somebody, somebody, if your eyes are open, ears are open, brain is open, either they learn from you, you learn from them, or best of both worlds, you both learn something. And I've learned a ton from, uh, from Brian. So I'm just happy to be here. I love that. And I agree with you. If you are taking an interest in other people and who they are and how they got there, you end up being more interesting yourself. And, you know, we just did this great trip down to Miami and it was like, just everybody was more curious about the next guy instead of standing on ceremony, you know, talking about themselves. They, it was like, you couldn't get enough questions out. So I, I really value that. David, what are you doing right now? I want to hear what people are doing right now and why they're investing time um, in this third hour, where we're taking this. So, so just talk to me and guys, we can bounce around. I, I'm, I'm chilling in our, we have a, well, to be honest with you, I'm in the house of COVID right now, so let's just. Start I feel with that. like we spread uh, COVID through my, Clubhouse my, because everybody's my wife, got COVID. My, well, <laughs> Jesus, my wife is COVID. My five-year-old. Has I COVID, had COVID. My seven-year-old has COVID. It's like everybody. I feel like I'm. What is it, Oprah or Ellen? You get COVID. You get COVID. You know, it's just everybody gets COVID. David, it's a new 5G system that actually allows the phone to spread COVID. Brian, it's my fault, Brian, because I did get that vaccine, so I am currently being tracked uh, and being given a shot of COVID <laughs> quarterly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're just, I'm hanging out here. So, anyways, I've got the run of the back of the house. They got the run of the front of the house. And so I'm just chilling in the back of the house uh, where we are in the full house. And I'm just hanging out with you all. It's, uh, like I said, a little after 6 a.m. in the morning. And uh, I'm excited to start my day, as I always do. Every I, I'm kind of a weird dude in that, you know, I'm the guy that shows up at Starbucks and, and, and says, thank God, it's Monday. I'm a TGIM dude. I'm not a TGIF dude. So I'm always excited to get going in the week. And so I'm. I, what better way to start the week than with the three of you? Wow, TGIM. I hope people are writing that down. That's I've mine. never TGIM. If you don't that. see TGIM, you're on the wrong side of things. Trust me. You know, as we're talking about like getting into a gear of action, that write that down because that can change your mindset for the week. And the way you know, Glenn always talks about how you start your mornings can can change the trajectory of your life. But the truth is, also, right. oh, how's your weekend? Can, somebody's got an open Welcome mic. Up. Weekend, huh? Can somebody somebody's, hot. Somebody's, somebody's hot. They want to know about that weekend. 
Got it. I, somebody's waking up with a so, TGIM, though. just fell though. off of something, yeah, or somebody. <laughs> what I like is whoever that was, they, they are definitely TGIM. They're like, you know, thank God it's Monday. <laughs> I think that was such a good point, David, because you do – I used to – when I was running my sales company, and I know I'm known as an on-air personality now, but my – the first incarnation, I was a door-to-door sales girl. And I talk about it a lot because it's really where I developed the very core of my my um, like my business acumen. I learned how to think on my feet, stand tall in the face of adversity, um, you know, overcome objectives, assess what I could control, what I didn't control. I learned all these things by going door-to-door and really just building this intestinal fortitude. So I talk about it all the time. And in that space, I learned that my business opened Sunday night, not Monday morning. If Monday, like I had to hit the, I was already running. At, so my business opened at six o'clock every Sunday night, metaphorically of like, all right, how am I going to set the, set the week? And I wish I had that TGIM of like, thank God it's Monday and maybe infuse that because your thoughts dictate your attitude. You know, the way that you think, if you're like, oh my God, the Mondays or the, the Sunday scaries, I mean, that is not serving you. And we're talking about taking action. This is, if anybody's listening, write that down. Does that, your mind, the way that you think, your thoughts become things, they they dictate your attitude, they dictate the words that come out of your mouth, and which ultimately dictate your um, outcome. So I, I, I love that. Raylan, Brian, what are your thoughts? I want to know about Raylan. You know, I think one of the things we're talking about is getting around better people in 2022 or getting around different perspectives. And uh, Raylan, I'd love to hear about your journey into UFC and, and, and what that was like and how that's transitioned you to where you are today. Yeah, I'll jump in there really quickly. So I was, this was years ago, but I was a D1 wrestler, transitioned over to MMA. And, and, and through that experience, it was probably, when we talk about grinding, like imagine the most stereotypical journey to becoming a professional athlete, which, you know, I'm sleeping on my brother's couch in Arizona because I, I moved to the west coast so i can get some better training and i'm living on couches i'm literally making every time i would fight you don't make that much money as, as you're coming up i think the most i ever made as a fighter was like three grand right not including sponsorships but one of the things that i developed over that time was that that fortitude that we talked about right that that some days you wake up you don't feel like training there's <laughs> some days you wake up and you start to doubt yourself and i think more than anything the transition for me over to the coaching was I developed the ability to not be my own thoughts. Like Barbara kind of got into it a little bit. What's interesting is we identify with our thoughts so much that we become our thoughts. And what happens is when people don't like Monday mornings and you tell yourself, man, I don't love, I don't hate Mondays, I hate Mondays. Well, it's no wonder you hate Mondays because you chose to hate Mondays. There's another option. And so as a fighter, you can't go into a fight with that, that negative thinking in your head the entire time, right? When you walk up to the cage, the hardest part of fighting is not the actual fight itself. That's when you're in flow state. That's when you allow yourself to, to do what you know you know how to do. But it's the walk up. It's the, it's the couple weeks before that, man, I, you know, I don't know if I can do this. Now, what's interesting is that same kind of concept led me to be able to help online business coaches, right? It led me to help the sales teams that I helped, right? So for me, I actually, from that, went on to entry-level sales guy, became a executive in like three years, and then became kind of like a for-hire coach after that. But everything stayed the same. The only thing that really changed is I had different tools to teach people. But at the end of the day, the only thing that I do for myself, but also I bring to other people, 
is your ability to not be your own thoughts. And again, the bottom line is this. If you don't like where you are in life, it's usually because of the way you look at the world and what you put your energy into grows. And so at the end of the day, you can either choose this year, this Monday, every single Monday to be your new year, or you can look at it from the perspective of, man, this is going to be another hard week and I got a lot of stuff on my plate. At the end of the day, you have exactly what you always wanted. It's just a matter of, of, of how you look at things. Awesome. I love that you hey, what do you think of Jake Paul? What do you think of Jake Paul calling out uh, Dana White? Well, I think I think when it comes to for those that don't know, Jake Paul is like a YouTuber, but now he's a legitimate boxer. The interesting thing is this: um, is you can't be mad at Dana White for what Dana White does. For those that don't know, Dana White's the president of the UFC, and so Dana White's a business person, right? So there's arguments of how he's paying his people and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't. I, here, here's an underlying issue again with all the things with Jake Paul with with anything you see in the world today is that we forgot, I don't know if anybody else agrees with me on this, but I'll just throw it out there. We forgot that saying, you shouldn't throw stones if you live in a glass house. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like we forgot about that. And we look so much externally at other people. I don't like what that person's doing. I don't like what this person's doing. Instead of looking internally and going, okay, what can I do to get better? Like, oh, I think they, I, they're both making money. You got, Go ahead, brilliance on both side, you got brilliance on both sides there, right? I mean, picking a fight with the, the, the CEO of uh, UFC is a pretty good way to get some uh, some attention. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I had a debate with a young guy yesterday who was saying, you know, Jake Paul's right. The fighters should be getting more money. And, I, you know, I sort of disagree with that. I mean, you got to pay your dues. And I remember, uh, and Barbara can remember, David can remember, when you were in the automobile business, uh, if you didn't sell a car at the end of the week and you worked 60 hours, your paycheck was zero. And, you know, they, they said people that didn't follow up and didn't sell had skinny kids because you couldn't afford to pay the bills. And, I, you know, I'm hearing that the average MMA fighter gets uh, 15000 uh, a fight or the beginners get 15000 a fight. It sounds like it's a low number to get to go in the ring and get your face smashed in. But you, you've got to earn the right to get to that level that the big the big guys are. And I think that's last what time I looked, it was a volunteer thing, too. Right? Nobody's forcing you to jump in the room to get your face smashed in. They're all begging to get in that room to get the get, get in that ring, aren't they, Brian? To get their yeah, face yeah. I, They're begging I, I asked, to get in that ring. I asked a young Lennox Lewis many years ago, "How do you learn to get hit like that? Uh, you know, and take it?" And he goes, "You learn how to get hit by getting hit." And, and it was about that point they checked out of that uh, arena because I don't want to get hit. It hurts. The thing is, though, yeah, I, Brian, I, you get I, hit every day in business, right? It's, it's just yes. A so like yes. every, so literally business entrepreneurship life in general is a fight you just people just choose different fights right so for you you choose to get hit in the face like with the market randomly and you have to learn to adapt and and figure out okay what's the best way to avoid that jab by the market right so we all do we all fight we all do it it's just a little bit different right for for everybody it just depends on how you look at it and Raylan, that's that's the point too is that if you think about it, i mean jake paul has no downside here uh, by by taking his stand, right? Uh, worst case, he's going to get PR. Any PR is good PR in his world. As as a former YouTuber, he knows that better than anybody. God, God, please grant me this one wish. Please let Jake Paul get his wish to fight Masvidal. Please, I, I <laughs> oh want God. to see that fight. I want to see Masvidal turn his face into a Picasso. Uh, what 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 is the great thing, Brian, <laughs> that Mike Tyson said about being prepared? Everyone's got a plan until they get hit. And Jake Paul has everyone has a plan until someone gets hit, right? Yeah, and 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 when he gets hit, 
by Masvidal, uh, he, he will know what, he, what he's in after. He's been fighting washed up ex MMA players, uh, fighters. Let him let him fight Masvidal or, the, or what's the other guy he he called out. I mean, he's out of his, he's punching over his head. He's out of his league. But again, he's getting noise. He's getting attention, and that's so important for promotion and for sales. You got you got to let people know you're out there. And certainly, we can't ignore Jake Paul. You look at what he's earned as a non-boxer. He's yeah, he's making money. I think that's the that's the key, right? He's granted, like I don't, you know, he's a he's fighting, he's beating the crap out of MMA fighters. So, or, so of course, you know, I feel some type of way about it. But at the end of the day, old retired MMA. Yeah, fighters. yeah. And which, by the way, Masvidal is at the end of his career. But at the end of the day, though, he's making money. So I think again, just because I keep referring it back to entrepreneurship, what he's doing is so smart. He is he's niching down. He goes, I can win at this little area right here, right? Like he's not trying to make himself go and fight someone that maybe he could possibly lose. He's, how can I dominate this little space, be the subject of conversation of this little space and be the only conversation, be the only person? And that's why he's making so much money, right? He's, he's pointing out people and going, hey, I know I can beat this person, right? But no one else knows that. So I guess really what it comes down to it is like, you, you, Brian, I heard your, your segment, uh, your, your interview earlier, right? And you talked about how you met with Google and you figured out, okay, what is everyone doing? And then what is someone, something that I could do that's slightly different? So you leaned into customer service and providing outstanding service and going to those people. No one else was doing that. Jake Paul's doing the same thing. He's just doing it again in a different lens. It's so interesting when you look at things like jiu-jitsu, MMA, whatever the sport. And again, this is not a segment and this is not like an hour on, on sports, but it's so across the board on everything. It's where can you dominate? What's the smallest thing you could do? And be the biggest conversation, and that's what led, I would argue, Brian, to your success in the automotive field. Well, you know, I got to jump in on this one because actually, I think sports has a great parallel to business. And I, rec- I you know, I've been talking a lot how to deal with negative, uh, negative press, negative people coming at you. And I recently posted like a really nasty email somebody sent to me, and people are like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "If I'm going to be in this sport and I'm going to put myself out there." I better be able to take the hits. And if I can't take the hits, then I don't belong in the arena. So when we talk about sports, I think when we draw these lines and these parallels to how to extrapolate that out to building our brand, building our business, you know, relationships and our professional life, you know, it does have great value. And when I said that to somebody, I was like, I better be able to take the hits if I'm going to put on this jersey and be the man in the arena. And they were like, that moved me. That moved me off my mark. Like, you you got to be able to play to win. And sometimes you're just going to get your face smashed, just like I did. And I'm like, listen, it's okay. I know who I am and where I'm going. So I I, I love this conversation. You can talk sports all day. I have three hey, brothers, a couple sons. Yeah, David, go for it. No, I was just going to say, I, I love where you're going with this. And I love that we're tying that it's being tied into, into sports. You know, sports is incredible in so many ways. It, it, it's got this, this built-in esprit de corps. I mean, everybody's gathering around, whether they love FIFA, whether they love uh, uh, Premier League, whether they love NFL, NHL, you know, somewhere, somehow, every day, somebody's gathering around a Formula One, they're watching something, they're cheering uh, their person or their team on, and they literally feel like they won when the team won. But but here's, here's the thing I think of what you just said. Listen, if you don't get that type of an email, the reality is you're not relevant. 
right? The reality is right. if you're not if you're not competing in whatever business you're in, you're not relevant. You know, nobody needs to give you any airtime, any thought, any any you're not even part of their strategy if if you're not relevant. And and you're relevant when you're competitive. You're relevant when you're a threat to somebody else's business. And Raylan, what you said is also really important too. It's incredible how many times people have businesses all over, very close in the radius around them. They don't even bother dominating there. Everybody's kind of getting hooked into wanting to dominate online, but they're not even dominating in their own league. So basically they're saying, okay, I'm a featherweight and I'm not going to bother with that. Welterweight, I'm not going to bother with that. I'm going to go straight to wanting to be the heavyweight champion of the world. But you didn't even dominate in your own weight class. Back in the day, Brian, you remember how Sugar Ray uh, and, and uh, uh, Thomas Hearn and some of these other boxers out there back in the day, they would jump weight classes. And they would go from one weight class, they would kick everybody's butt, and they'd go, all right, I'm going to jump up to the next one. Dude, I was, I was talking with a buddy of mine. What would Muhammad Ali earn in today's world? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> And you know, I'm I'm a sicko. I've watched uh, the uh, the the uh, Rumble in the Rumble Jungle, Rumble. yeah, yeah, a, a thousand times uh, between him and and George Foreman. What would that fight draw today? What would that value of that fight be today? Or the or the Thriller in Manila, man. Those, yeah, those are I, great I mean, but fifteen rounds, uh, well, fourteen rounds because uh, for just coach threw in the towel. Uh, but what would that be? Two men putting everything they've got out there, and this isn't to talk about uh, professional boxing or MMA. What we're talking about here is personal mastery, and I think you know that that's where we've got to. And if we're going to make an impact on this show in this program, it's to really to to train ourselves and, and those that want to follow in in, a, in good footsteps to work on personal mastery put some of the distractions aside and work on things that really count like your vitality mastering your craft whatever that craft is and you know the the notion that you've got to love what you do and you know the saying if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life that's cute but the reality is somebody who's doing law or accounting doesn't necessarily love doing tax accounting. Uh, I want the person that's mastered that. And I can tell you this, if you master whatever business endeavor you're in or subject you're teaching or uh, a, a sport that you're involved in, at that mastery level, you will learn to love it. None of us like things that we stink at. None of us. But when you talk about David saying, Thank God it's Monday. Why? Because, David, you're damn good at what you do. And because you're good at what you do, you can't wait to do it. It's like, you know, if you love sex and you're really good at it, go after it, man. You want to be out there. Oh, 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 Ryan, Ryan, you're going to get me in trouble, Ryan. No. Finally, I'm getting some credit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 925. You got got Jeff the entrepreneur here, man. I'm I'm trying to stay focused right now, Brian. No, but but, I I mean, it's – when you get personal mastery in something, sales, training, motivation, when you, when you get mastery there and you, you, you can go deep there, you can create your daily, your Mona Lisa, your work of art. So many of us are, just want to put content out, a thousand pieces of content. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. 
five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Let's focus on, on our Sistine Chapel. Let's focus on our Mona Lisa. Let's focus on our, uh, our, our artwork and what we're doing. And for me, we were talking earlier, it's auto sales. I, I don't know, maybe I'm sick in the head. I love what I do. And, and I didn't love what I do. I used to, what do you do for a living? What do you, what do, you do for a living? What, what is that? I, I, I sell cars. And, and I learned to, well, wait, that's, that's counterintuitive. You've got to let people know what you do and scream it from the rooftops with pride at what you do. I, I, I move economies. I'm the number one contributor to sales tax in, in New York State. Nobody contributes more than the automobile dealers, and we sell more cars than anybody else. And every time we sell a car, $3,000 in sales tax revenue goes to the state, and that's a couple million dollars a month that pay for firemen, police officers, or roads, hospitals. So, you know, what we do is important, I think. I, well, I love I love I love that you said that. Oh, Barb, go ahead. I'll pass to you. No, no, no. You know, just bringing it to personal mastery. And I always, when I was going door to door, I would spin every tale you can. I I was an executive for marketing strategy. Like I would like spin the wheel of like I'll call myself anything but a door to door sales girl. And the truth is, I actually was never really just a, a door-to-door sales girl. I was a full-blown entrepreneur that was building an empire. But I could, if I said that to anybody, everyone thought I was crazy. But the key is, I believed it in myself. In my own heart, I didn't have to tell anyone. You know who I talked to was, was the tribe of people that I surrounded myself with that we were like, listen, if we can prove that going door-to-door is the best way to get new customer acquisitions and telecommunications. We can expand this and grow across the United States. And so we would internally talk about that. But if I brought it externally, people would laugh at me and I had no I had no tolerance for that. I had no space for it. So I would spin and weave my web. But it matters more than anything is the way that you talk to yourself and the things that you're telling yourself. And now when that's I key. that's key. It's key. Absolutely key. You've got to stay- yeah. Stand on, stand on your own two feet and be proud of that person that you are. That's exactly right. And know where you're going. You weren't just selling cars. You were going to build an empire in the automobile we, we industry. And you talked, talked earlier. Yesterday. Hey, Barb, we talked earlier. John Ledare, yeah. the CEO of T-Mobile, by any accounts, you know, a multi, multi-millionaire. He's, he's very, very, very brilliant in, in the space. And we were on Clubhouse. We were talking about some subject. And, and he said, oh, why would they listen to a car salesman? Thinking that he had you know, was taking a shot at me and I fired back. And why would we listen to a guy that sells cell phones? I don't, it don't make no sense to me. And, and it was, it, there was a silent touche from John because he, you know, and he's a bright guy and he appreciates good repartee, but you're, what, you're not going to insult me by talking about what I do. You're going to give me an opportunity to, to, to brag about what we do here. We change lives every day. I liked when hey, you, you know, said you were a commodities broker. I was like, yes. And, you know, I, it, it matters the way that you think and, and what goes on. And that's where we, you know, we talked about TGIM. Thank God. It, thank God it's Monday because that is, that's a mindset that, and your mindset dictates your attitude, which dic- dictates your outcome. And I think that's so important. Like I was never going to be a door to door sales girl. I was going to build and scale sales teams all across the United States. But in that moment, 
I was, I was paying my dues, rolling my sleeves up. And that's what I really want to impart. If we're helping people move from information to transformation, the key is taking action. And the first item you take action in is the, is the very conversation that you have with yourself. That is your first order of business. You've got to change the way that you think if you want the outcomes to follow in suit. You can't have a bad attitude and think you're going to get great outcomes. It doesn't work hey, that Barb, way. Yeah. Barb, the other thing, too, along those lines, though, and, and it's, a fa it's fascinating to me. Uh, and, and I know Brian and Raylan will jump on this too. It's fascinating to me how willing and how easily so many people will lie to themselves. Uh, you know, people are much more willing oftentimes to be Paula Abdul for themselves than Simon Cowell. You know, where Paula Abdul back in the day with American Idol, somebody would come on and do an absolutely horrible rendition, hacking up somebody's oh, song. Dude, and she was famously. Why, why do you got to date us? Why do you got to date us? Paula Abdul. No, I'm, I'm dating me. Hey, uh, I remember the very, by the way, as an aside, the very first concert I ever took my now 38 year old daughter. My, no, no, the very the very first concert I took my now 38 year old daughter was Paula Abdul, if you could believe it. Uh, I, I, I still, uh, I'm going through PTSD to this day, but she used to famously <laughs> say, she used to famously say, hey, she'd say, oh, uh, Barbara, you know what? Hey, you made it your own. Good for you. <laughs> Simon Cowell would say, listen, do you have any other talents? Because this isn't one of them. Uh, and he would just be honest. Most people are not willing to be brutally honest with themselves. And Brian, you said something that's critically important. You, you, you know, you love what you do when you're great at it, but you're not going to be great at whatever you do unless you put in the time, unless you put in the focus, unless you care enough to get up earlier and hustle and grind more than anybody else. Kobe and Bryant so the reality got is you've got to be honest team. with each other. The first team Kobe Bryant played for, he didn't score a point all season. Yeah. All season, you know, and yeah. what did he do? Jerry and, and Rice but, used to drop passes. And it must not have been fun for him, but he loved the concept, and he got to work at getting great at it, and it's that's where you develop that work ethic. None of this stuff's going to come easy to you, and if it comes easy to you, you're not working hard enough at it because at whatever level you are, there's always another level. And, Barbara, there's an old saying from a car dog from many years ago, and it, it underlines what you're saying. This guy, Jack Cooper, used to say, the most important sale you make is the one you make to yourself. Yes. And, and you, you that, so that's the most important sale you, you can make. And Grant Cardone later said in his, the cover of his book, uh, uh, sell or be sold. And the first person you've got to sell is yourself. And if you don't believe in what you're doing, if you don't believe in the product, if you don't believe it provides value, you, you're in no danger of convincing me. that. And, and, and we, you know, that, that fake it till you make it stuff, is, is it sounds great if you don't believe at a deep level you're never going to achieve mastery in whatever that is and, and if i'm going to go in the ring against raylan and i and i and i and i don't do the work i'm going to get my block knocked off of me no matter what i believe so you, you've got to really get deep into what you're doing and know your craft and i believe that people that come up against us in the automobile business and they, they, they think they're going to do this and they stick their chest out you know, well, you know, I, I say this uh, with, with all due respect. If you come into this market and you're going to come up against us, you're going to bleed. We're, we're, I'm, not, I'm not here to make friends. You know, I'm here to make an impact and to make a difference. And if you're going to go up against our store, we're going to make life very difficult for you because this is our market. And if you want to take it, and somebody eventually will, you're going to have to earn it. We're not, we're not going to yield.
I think there is like this delicate balance though what we're talking about where there's there's self-awareness, right? Knowing that you fall short in some areas, but not assigning self-worth to what where you were at. I think where people fall off is they go, man, I'm not as good at, you know, in business with as David. I'm not a good salesperson like, you know, like a Brian, like a like a barber. So I'm gonna I'm gonna not put in the effort. That's being self-aware, great. You you realize that you fall short in an area, but the problem is most people assign worth to themselves. They identify as not being good enough. And so they never try. Hence the reason why they never get to the, the outcomes that they want to get to, right? When you look at like, a you know, what we talked about earlier, like a, a, a Kobe Bryant, all these people, yes, they were self-aware to know I am not as good as maybe I thought I was, but guess what? There is no limit to where I can go as long as I put in the work. And I think the key to what we're talking about is this idea of self-mastery. Because if you can't, I, you can't master your own thoughts, which interesting to me is the ability of people. And by the way, I've been a victim of this myself. But of, of not looking internally and fixing what's going on there, mastering yourself before you start pointing fingers at other people. Like, why isn't, you know, so it's kind of like, it's interesting, too, even at a high level, when that guy mentioned to you, you know, who, whoever, how are we going to listen to an automotive salesperson, right? Like, the ego, the ego is interesting in how it works. So the idea is this. We can all learn from other people. Like, I love this idea of even, like, the dynamic we have here. I'm learning tons of things from you all, and you all will learn things from me because, again, you know, I, I know who Paula Abdul is, but, you know, the fact is I can't name a single song probably. Right? Like, so, God bless so you. God bless you that you don't like, know a single song. I was ready to start singing. I was Straight ready up, to baby. start singing. But hey, you know, I the key is this. The self-mastery is, I think, the key to if we're really wanting to go further in 2022. It really does start with you. And I love I'm a, I'm a sales coach. Right. I love sales. The idea of selling yourself. The key is this, though, if you're not willing to spend the time in your own thoughts, like the whole idea of starting your morning with here with us to get the right mindset is great. But what about the hours before this? Right. What do you are, are you literally waking up and jumping into what everyone else thinks? Because that's what we do. We wake up, we go to Instagram. Hey, I wonder what Brian's think. I wonder what David's think. I wonder what instead of looking and going, taking even 30 minutes for yourself and go, what do I think? Because at the end of the day, if you aren't willing to fully put your own thoughts out there and sell other people, sell yourself, spend time with yourself, sell, master yourself, well, guess what? You're, you're never going to actually go anywhere. That's a little scarier well, Raylan, proposition, what, Raylan. What do you think, Barb? Uh, you know, my thought when he says this, I, I hear so many people say this. And if anybody's listening, I want you to take stock of this language. Oh, I'm just really bad at sales. And when people say that, it is such a trigger for me because as Brian just said, you're either learn how to do sales or be sold to. The truth is when you say that you are bad at sales, you are actually saying, I'm a terrible listener because sales is all about listening. It's about asking questions. It's about acknowledging you have two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. And that person is gonna tell you what if what you have is what they need. And you can figure it out. So everyone has the capacity to be great in articulating themselves. And everything is sales, whether you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a pharmacist, you are selling something, your ideas, your beliefs, your passions, your products, everything is in sales. But the key is that you have to be able to listen, ask more questions, dive into dialogue and get curious. So don't say, to, if anybody has but Barbara, that. Barbara, I, Barbara, I don't want to be in sales. I want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Well, I hmm. need to also change that dialogue. That inter Because what Raylan and we're all saying is self-mastery and taking stock of the, starting by taking stock of what goes on between your ears. The way that you talk to yourself 
dictates your attitude and your perception of what you are worth and what you're capable of doing. And when you start off by saying, I don't like this and I don't like that, the reason you don't like things is because you haven't mastered it. But if you can just pause and say, how can I get better in this space? What does it mean to be better in this space? And uh, and move the needle. And understand that sales, listen, you might just have an, um, an adverse reaction to that word. Take stock of that and then rewrite it and say, remember, sales is all about listening. Become well, a really that's good the listener. Thing. That's the thing is that why, you know, people... I don't know why it's funny. Go up to a real estate agent and say, Hey, how long have you been in, how long have you been a salesperson? And, and half of them will recoil, you know, and I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> I'm a real estate agent. Well, chances are, so you're saying you don't sell many homes is what you're telling me, right? Because if you're not a salesperson, you're probably one of those part-time real estate hobbyists, right? That, that does it once in a while and likes to hand out your business card at parties. Uh, because you think it looks nice that it says you're a real estate agent. I mean, if you don't have a sense of pride uh, in what you do, if you don't get excited every Monday about what you do, if you don't get excited about competing or helping people out or solving for X, then you've got a whole other conversation you need to have to yourself, to Brian's point, Raylan's point, and your point. You know, you need to, I hate to say it, you need to sell yourself on the fact that maybe – Maybe because you don't have a sense of pride uh, in terms of what you do, that might be contributing a whole lot to your lack of success. And not succeeding is not fun at the end of the day. So you're associating the lack of success with being a salesperson rather than associating it with your lack of commitment, your lack of focus, your lack of discipline, or your lack of pride. There's also one question here that we you need to ask yourself because there's also yes if you if you suck at sales don't like sales that's one thing, but the question you have to ask yourself is do you feel a moral and ethical responsibility for what you're giving to the market right or what you're giving to the individuals because the answer is no to this it's not the fact that you have a sales problem you have an offer problem what you offer to the world what you you know what you where you work wherever it, whatever it is if you don't feel a moral like I can tell even hearing you all speak that you have a moral and ethical responsibility to put out your, your message. And if well, you don't have that, yeah, the mission, right? And if you don't have that, that's why you probably suck at sales. And by the way, too, who cares about the language you use? Like, for example, I externally say sales because the language everyone understands. But the truth is, internally, I say the word enroll because I'm enrolling you not just in, in my programs, but I'm enrolling you in the way that I think and, and all those things. So for me, enrolling means more. But guess what? It doesn't matter. What matters is the outcome, right? What matters is the result. Who cares how you get there? Use whatever language you want, but do the work. Everyone wants to be Raylan. Everyone wants to be an influencer today. And, and selling is really when you cause people to see, feel, think, and act in a predetermined manner. And you're causing them to to see, feel, think, and most importantly, act. And I think uh, if we can provide a benefit here, uh, it would be to help people with that last part. It's to act in a predetermined manner. What are you going to do today? What steps are you going to take? What can you know? How did you start your day this morning? My day started at you know, for, for me four o'clock in the morning. The day was written out, and the day is written out. Uh, the, the first eight hours, the second six hours, and the last six hours are, are predetermined what's, what's going to happen to make an impact. And so, you know, again, I think we can be doing some real good here if we can help people do the things they need to do them uh, when they need to do them. You just said something, Brian, that's really important. And, you know, we had another 
uh, day of, of football for anybody who's a football fan, whether it's college yes. football, uh, CFPs were on Saturday, NFL was on Sunday. But one thing that you'll see with college coaches and NFL coaches, to your point, Brian, you said something incredibly important that I think a, a single-digit percentage of people do on this earth. Your day is scripted. If you watch an NFL coach, a college coach, they're carrying around a board, and the first 25-plus plays of that game are scripted. They're not reacting or responding to what somebody else is doing. Somebody watching that game might be thinking so, but they're not. They're actually orchestrating. They're choreographing. They're the ones who scripted what that game's going to look like. I'm going to make the, my, uh, the, the opposition, the competition, deal with my script, with my intention, with my purpose, and with my plan. Versus if you show up with nothing, you're a boat in bad water without a without a, a rudder you're going to go wherever life throws you so i think that that's something that just as a takeaway a tactical takeaway for anybody today number one i think do you have your life scripted do you have today scripted uh do you have this week scripted the second thing is this how can any of, of us be an influencer on the web a worldwide influencer a broad influencer if we are not even influencing the people within 20 feet around us, if we're not influencing the people that we work with, if we're not influencing the clients that we say that we want to uh, solve their problems, you've got to start with influencing there or no wonder some people have uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Listen, as parents, we're influencers. We've got to. I hope. We've got to. Not oh, only hey, don't blame me. We've got to. Pers- Come on. It's not my fault. <laughs> Oh, I, I feel like I'm cool. a sales girl to my kids every well, once you, in a while, like a motivator, I'm a cheerleader. Of course. And, and <laughs> you have to spin it so it lands with them. Like, why is this a, in their best interest? And you got to listen and you got to learn and, you know, you got to dig deep as a, Barbara, as a mother. The job, Barbara, the job of leaders is to grow other leaders, period. Mm-hmm. And, and as a parent, your job is to grow other your your children into leaders. Where you know, I was I was telling I sent my wife something that if uh, Steve Harvey had something about he's going to spend eighty five percent of his money and give fifteen percent to his kids. And I, I that sent was, that to was, you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you said okay. <laughs> and, and so I sent it to my wife, and she goes, "How selfish! Why would you do that? Don't you want your kids to have the head start?" And, and I said, "They already have a head start, but they need to know there will not be enough dough." When I go to 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 support them, they've got to learn to stand on their own feet. My my wife and I had a good argument about that. I said I I can't leave them enough if we haven't given them the instructions what to do with it because they'll burn through it. They regardless of what the amount is, ten million, twenty million, they'll burn through it unless they've learned the discipline of not wasting, the discipline of getting that money to work as hard as uh, your dad did to earn it, the discipline of compound interest. To put to put away the discipline there, and I said, mm-hmm. my gosh, the worst thing I could do would be to guarantee, hey kids, you don't have to work. Your business plan should be wait for me to die. No way. I'm like you said, I'm spending it all. In fact, I hope the last check that I write bounces. That's a life <laughs> well lived. I love that one. <laughs> that was love it, love it. See, Brian and I <laughs> influence. Wait, somebody is trying to jump in. Who is that? You can it's Victoria, Barbara. Uh, just trying to further. Uh, Okay, jump in, Victoria. Go ahead, Kim. 
Oh, and then I think I just heard William Andre. Okay. All right. Good morning, everybody. So I don't have kids, so I can't speak on that route, but I do have nieces and nephews, and I agree that you do need to train them up early because a lot of kids out here are waiting for their parents to hand over the trust. They're waiting until they turn 18 or something like that, and that's what they're banking on, and I feel like I'm definitely nervous about the future as a result. But back to the point around sales, I want to center it back towards I would really love for us to shift our mindset around feeling like selling is cocky or feeling like selling is um, something so taboo that we should not do, especially when it comes to women. Like women in particular have been so preconditioned to believe that if you're selling, you're tacky. If you're selling, you're doing too much. And as a result, it influences their mindset and their behaviors and they start carrying themselves differently. Like they put their heads down and feel like somebody needs to mute their mic. Jackie, I think that's you, mama. Um, and so it influences how they show up at the office. It influences how they show up if they have their own business. And so sales is usually the thing that they dread the most because they- Victoria, look at, look at Kim Kardashian. Now, whether you like her or you don't like her, she Right, has... let me land my plane, darling. Let me oh. land my plane. Okay, so you're in my airport. Go ahead, land that plane. <laughs> land <laughs> the plane. Ryan, I know how you rock in the rooms, okay? Somebody can be mid-thought and you just come in with something amazing to say. I know how you roll. But really quickly, I just want to say that I wish that we were, we were, as a society, putting less pressure on people to think about sales as something that is tacky and taboo and something that we shouldn't do. Even now with the new psychology around sales, how people don't want to be sold to, like they want to feel like they know you, they want to engage with you, which somebody who grew up on Wall Street, like I was trained completely different to sell, right? I was trained to go hard, to have, you know, be a gorilla out there, right? Versus now in terms of the way people are trying to tell you how to sell. And so I just would like to introduce this concept in the conversation about how we are telling people that they need to sell, but then on the other hand, we're also telling people like, don't sell too hard or don't sell too much because it's tacky or taboo. And I'm just, I don't, I disagree with that. So we'd love your thoughts. Go ahead, Brian. Kim Kardashian, favorite topic. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, it, she's, she's, you know, was got, was famous for being famous. And I think she's done a, a pretty good job with her brand and having influence. And I think selling, uh, really is the ability to influence whether you're an entrepreneur and if you are an entrepreneur you're selling now who are you selling you're selling you're selling the bank on your 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 product your thoughts you're selling potential investors on your product your thought you're selling the marketplace on your product your thoughts you're selling your sales team if you have them uh, on your products your thoughts but most importantly you're selling yourself and I think um, sadly people don't uh, understand that selling is is a profession and an art to be proud of. And, you know, uh, you you start out by saying a lot of women uh, don't like sales. And, and, and that there's, I don't know if that's true or not true, but some of the most effective people on the planet that I know are, in fact, uh, women that are engaged in the, the business of selling. It's a tremendous, tremendous profession that I'm uh, proud to be a part of. Yeah, hey, Brian, I was going to bring up another point, too, that talking about leaving money to your kids. I have the same philosophy. We, we set up, you know, uh, they will have money to go to college. No doubt. That's going to be handled. They'll be able to go to college. But after that, it's, it's on their own. You know, they've, they've gotten their head start. And being able to not worry about, you know, a college loan, 
that's a pretty good head start. And then How do you teach them to take the head start for granted? How do you take well, because if, us, if you give me a head start, I might not realize that I have a head start. For us, Brian, we we started. You may or may not know, Honey and myself, we started a foundation. Uh, I don't know, five six years ago, and uh, the point of that foundation was not just to help. Uh, a number of nonprofits we we support and uh, donate to about 70 nonprofits here in the state. But the main thrust, the main reason we did that was actually for our kids. Let me explain. When they got of age, and they're getting at that age right now, this year was the first year, you know, where Jackson is seven, his little brother's five. Um, we want them to understand they live in a bubble. And so we expose them to the things that we do so that when we uh, are working with uh, an organization that works with uh, disadvantaged youth or, or marginalized communities, uh, immigrant uh, rights, anything like that, we make sure as they get older and older that they're in the room, that they're, we're not saying, hey, we're going to leave you at home and we're going to go to this meeting. No, 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 we're <laughs> you're going with us. When we do something for the holidays or some Thanksgiving program, you're going with us. We want them to understand. And so uh, just as an example, when they have a birthday and they get a gift, if one comes in, one goes out. They know you could ask our five-year-old if he gets three gifts, he knows three get three things are leaving this house that he's going to donate to somebody else. And we just want to start them early to have that mindset that it's not pointing fingers in. It's all about you, you, you. In fact, last night I had a conversation with our seven-year-old about what is the meaning of entitlement. What's the difference between entitlement and earning? He had no idea what entitlement was. He does now. So I think that it's up to us, it's incumbent on us. You say sell or be sold. You talk about sell or be sold. That happens with our kids every single day. And so that's what we're doing. And uh, $68 trillion, everybody, $68 trillion is going to be received by millennials from their baby boomer parents over the and next that's just from you alone. that's just from yeah. you man <laughs> <laughs> you, and, you and babs well but brian kim kardashian's mom blew her career up what are your thoughts on that wait well, I, I, you know what before we dive into that william andre jumped in and i wanted to hear his thoughts go ahead william you, you, uh, that, that's okay david always does that to me you know he's been <laughs> i haven't seen him in months and then once again oh, he comes in my my favorite <laughs> consumer of oreos william how are you william andre Great oreos i love where this conversation is going <laughs> silky as well, ever well my reputation well the folks who really deeply know me like david knows that i love oreos especially lemon flavored oreos so that's where that <laughs> we are spiritually connected yeah. now I'm william happy andre new year. we're connected <laughs> happy new year to everybody first but i believe this is my first time speaking to uh, everybody in this room in this new year so i'm gonna start there uh and then before we go too far i wanted to kind of you know piggyback Oh, and pivot a little bit on a point that David made, uh, you know, a few minutes ago about the the script, the script part of being prepared for your day. Uh, and this might not be a popular opinion, but uh, it works for me, so I'm going to share it. When you do have a script, you should also 
uh, have a contingency plan for that script because sometimes yes, yes, yes. it doesn't work for, you know, and even in sports, you know, you, you got your David share the first 25 plays of script and guess what? If it ain't working, the coach has to adjust, pivot, change direction. Same thing in life. Uh, you know, some people call it plan B. I call it a contingency plan. I deal a lot in the film industry uh, on the finance side. There is a contingency in the budget. So there is extra money put within the budget just in case the yeah, but, you know, can't stay me, on screen. Speak to that, William. That's, a, that's BS. That's a weak way out. That's whoa, left, whoa, whoa, left, Brian, left, Brian, that's far too on. many people. Let, you hold on. It lets far too many people off the hook. And I, mm -hmm. I certainly respect where you're coming from. But the average person that hears that falls back mm -hmm. immediately to the contingency plan the second things start going a little bit rough. And, you know, my schedule has the flexibility in it to adjust. But the stuff that's on this list, those there are five things on this list. I'm not going home until they're done. Um, barring mm -hmm. a health concern or something way out of control. And, and I just that plan B mentality, uh, I, I would say you've got to have a certain level of discipline first before you start giving yourself outs. Let me mm -hmm. let me bridge the I, gap. I, let me bridge the wait, gap. Wait, hold on, hold on, David. Let me, hold on. Yeah, let me, let me let me just get this out right quick, David. Um, right. Yeah, I, listen, I, I don't disagree with that, Brian. But sometimes things just don't work out the way they do, like like in sports. You know, you run you run your plays. The other team is prepared for it, and it's not you know that is not working. And, and sometimes it's not conducive to keep banging your head against the wall. And, I, and again, I'm speaking from my experience because I'm the king of pivot. You know, I you know went to school for electrical engineering and then I went into uh, entertainment uh, as a music producer. A lot of you guys probably don't even know that about me. I didn't make it cash that way. I had to find some way to make cash, you know, and then come back and fund my uh, projects. So, so my pivot led me on the path that I'm on now as an angel investor in, in financial. But, you know, had I kept banging my head against the wall years and years of trying to be a successful musician, I might not be in the position that I am now to not only invest in folks, but help, uh, you know, help a bunch of the companies that I, I am in. And when I say, There's let me just say. Somebody's alarm clock going off from 1965. That, that is my <laughs> other phone. That's Thanks, really Barb. That was from awesome. His bunker, from his bunker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Quick, quick story. I, um, you know, at a certain point, I, like I was heavy in fashion, I used to always uh, run into Jay-Z, okay? And it would always be, oh, what's up, man? You know what I mean? And uh, But it would just be a casual conversation. And at that time, I took it for granted, the access that I had to him. And so one day I decided, okay, you know what? It's time to, uh, to, to, to pursue a business venture with Jay-Z, all right? So I had it scripted in my head how the conversation was going to go based on our past conversations. And that was going to open the door for me to, and I guess you could say maybe I'll, my sales skills wasn't up at the time. So I, I approached him and the script went completely left and I was not prepared. I did not have a contingency for that conversation. That conversation led me to say, you know what? I kind of, after it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, I was stuck and I just kind of walked away from it. And uh, from from that point on, I did not pursue business with Jay Z. Now I have contact; I can get in contact with him, but it just kind of just didn't work in my favor because I wasn't prepared. So you know, um, again, in the, in the film industry, the contingency it's there, you know, just in case 
the producers go over budget or something happens. Things happen sometimes. And yeah, you, you should go through all your points like Brian said. But I'm, I'm a fan of the contingency to, to be in place just in case you have to kind of pivot a little bit. That's what the world is about, pivoting. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to go back to all you right. guys. Well, William, I, since we're getting to the top of the hour, I'm going to pitch it back to Barb. But before I do, I was going to bridge the gap. So what Brian said is I, I think that you're, you know, you're both right to a certain degree. Uh, I think what Brian said is spot on because what he's saying is that, listen, it is true. So many people were in, you know, the first of the year, I was telling the group of people on Friday, don't, don't tell me you're going to set a resolution and then tell me that you're planning on having the best year of your life because those two things are incongruent. Why? Because 85% of resolutions cannot even celebrate a one month birthday. They die on the vine within about three weeks. So how, please explain to me how you're going to have the best year of your life when you're starting out by setting yourself up for failure. And when you do that, it's going to be embedded in your brain that that's, that was your process, that was your strategy. So the deal is, is that, yeah, I agree with you that when you have these coaches on the sidelines, and as you said, it is important to have a contingency plan. But at the same time, the, it's important to be able to pivot when it comes to your strategy. What Brian is saying is, okay, but that doesn't mean you're off the hook for what you said you're going to get done today. That is an immovable object. The strategy can change. The, the task, the goal, the objective is immovable. And if you own that mindset, you're going to be just fine. Barb, what do you think? I completely agree, and I'm going to go on Team William Andre on this one because I think what he's trying to say is the objective never changes. We want to get exactly. to the end zone. Coaches want to win Super Bowls, and they want to get the ball down the field. So do people in their own life. We want to win. But sometimes we just have to be on our toes. We have to be on our toes, and we have to be able to pivot. We have to adjust. We have to assess because the original plan of, like, I'm just going to keep moving the ball down the field by throwing it to, you know <clears> – <throat> William Andre, William Andre gets injured. And then you're like, well, I, I'm, I don't know. I, well, uh, 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 uh. You have to be able to pivot. The objective and the intention never changes. So guys, it is at the top of the hour. It is our first hour together. I'm Barbara Majeski. We, along with Brian Benstock, Raylan Davis, and of course the one and only David Spizak. I hope you enjoyed it. We love talking about the grit behind the glamour. Thank you to those who jumped in. And I hope you will continue to join us and send us some better names because right now it's Babs and the Boys. And we need to come up with something a little bit better for uh, the four of us. Although I'm on, I'm game for Babs and the Boys. I'm like, all right, let's go, boys. But um, you guys might want to come Babs, up with something. Babs, the Boys, and the Kids. <laughs> who's the kid I love your name, Barbara. Wait, really the don't kid? undersell yourself brother <laughs> hey, Babs, Barbara, the boys and the I'm boxer the, Babs, the boys and the, the boxer it's, no it's like i love two, that's like the two men and a baby or three men and a baby you can't have two men babs and the baby that's like just weird <laughs> i'm telling you babs the boys in the box y'all we have right. some name ideas floating around but i love barb in here trying to get babs and the boys to come back to the uh to move from the tagline up to the title name i see what you're doing barb and the I, I love it, it. well Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat 
at the table.